0: Welcome to the Gray Area, where I give interviews with developers, talk about gaming news and reviews, and focus on the interrelationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray, and this is the 68th episode in a weekly series called D4 Review. Last week's episode was a discussion with Tinsian about E3 and our projections for E3, and a review of several gaming news items. Please visit www.genesee.com to add to the forum discussion on that topic and to tell me your story. Today is Friday, June 8th, and I'm going to discuss Death Before Dishonor, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that I'm involved in, and I haven't really spoken about in, I guess, almost a year now. So I'd like to go over that and share a very special Skaggy the Poet opera that he has been preparing for quite some time. So first, let's talk about Death Before Dishonor, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Now, the thing I think that's different about this show than most Dungeons and Dragons podcasts is that we all, all are not able to be in the same room while we're recording this. We actually have people in different countries, one of which is Daniel, who's in Australia. We have people on the middle of the country, and we have occasionally some people from the West Coast as well. I'm going to play some clips for you that let you know who the people are in the party and a little bit about them. One of the things that's really fun about Death Before Dishonor is we have our sound engineer, I'm going to call him, who's Rabbit. And he makes all sorts of fun little tracks, humorous little clips, and things like that that go along with the podcast I often joke that it's Glee and D and not actually Dun- Dungeons and Dragons D and D because we have so much music. The other thing is we have Kevin Mithrin, who is acting a lot like the, a bard in this, uh, in this story. He gives epic poems. He has a guitar. He sings things. So in that way, also, we're very much a musical podcast. And I think that makes us kind of different and a little entertaining in that way. All in all, we have five players, Tinsian who is the dungeon master and can basically controls the story.
1: Tinsian, a GM so dark, so devious. He's not afraid to twist up the time stream like saltwater taffy. Can you learn the dance to understand the time twists? <laughs>
0: We also have myself, who plays a Kalishar war priest. Uh, I will tell you more about the Kalishar in a little while, whose name is Xanatari.
1: Xanatari is often considered the leader of the group, priestess of storm and lightning. She's leaving a society of people who share a mind link. She's out on her own.
0: We have Cesar, the escaped slave, who is, I think, 75 years old, a very old man, and he is part of our party as well. He is good with uh, mechanical items and things of that nature, chemicals.
1: Raised as a slave by the Red Wizards of Thay and their undead armies, Cesar used his knowledge of artificing to escape. Now that he's free, he searches for honeys.
0: Because he likes to get jiggy with it. <laughs>
1: I a wiggle man. Yeah. Sexy and I know it. Hey.
0: Yeah. then we have Mithrin who's Kevin's character, he is, I believe you'd call him a knight. He is good aligned, and we're kind of learning about him. He's new to our party.
1: Mithrin has song in his heart and prefers to use words instead of fighting. But when push comes to shove, he's not afraid to save the day.
0: Stand back, everyone, nothing here to see Just in in a danger in the middle of it, me Yes, Captain Hammer's here, hair blowing in the breeze The day needs my saving expertise Me We also have Thorn, who's played by Daniel. And Thorn is a rogue. He is a razor claw shifter. So he's kind of a wolf man uh, at times and has a lot of that, the wolf definitely in his character as well. He is a lot of our comic relief and a bit of a stinker. He gets us into trouble quite often. Ah, if you
1: need someone to pick a lock or sneak through the dark and attack your enemies from range, perhaps- you can call upon my pack brother, Swan. I hear, in times of trouble, he can turn into a wolf. <clears throat> and he is seeking the rod of orcas, a great treasure. Hmm? Bury the treasure, and bury the treasure, bury the treasure, and bury the treasure. Awww! Say! a doggy is nuttin' if he don't have a bone. All oh, doggy hold your doggie all no, no, doggy
0: hold it. And then we have, on occasion, popping in and out, Eldrock, who's played by Dave, and he is a minotaur. Eldrock seems to get killed over and over. He's a lot like Kenny from South Park, and yet he keeps popping up in the story. Uh, He plays different characters as well.
1: He played a minotaur named Eldrock. He'll break down your door, trample your mage, get separated from the party, get killed, find the party again, get resurrected by the party, And get killed again by a big furball who can't keep his finger off the button.
0: So let's go over some of the basic story. If you've never played Dungeons & Dragons before, this might be a little odd for you, and you might be, I guess, um... Some people say, I'm not interested in that game, or they have preconceived notions about that game, and I have to say, myself, this is my second season doing this show, and I'd never played Dungeons & Dragons before at this point, but I'd always been interested a lot in kind of dragons, medieval stuff, a lot of RPGs, a lot of games, and that's why I'm bringing it up here too, because I think if you're interested in gaming and you like to play RPGs, or even if you just like to play Mass Effect, or you're just a person who enjoys a good story in their games you would like dungeons and dragons there's a lot of things about dungeons and dragons that people think of when they hear the name you know kind of heavy guys in their basement you know drinking soda and being obsessed with larping and smacking each other with foam weapons and stuff and that's a lot of bunk really um and not really fair. In the same way that people look at gamers and assume that if you're if you're a professional gamer or if you're really into video games, you probably have no life, you have no girlfriend, you have no boyfriend. You know, you live in someone's basement and you if you see the light of day, you know, it burns your skin like a vampire. People have views about gamers which are not accurate and and I think anyone who is a gamer probably knows that already. Is very much the same in the world of Dungeons & Dragons, and I think we owe it to each other to give things a shot. And if you don't like them after that, then that's fine, but it's good to open your mind and give things a chance, shall we say. So, that being said about Dungeons & Dragons, i like to tell you a little bit about the story, which is the important part of Dungeons & Dragons. And Tinsian does an amazing job with this story. This is season two. I'm not going to take you back to season one where everybody gets to know each other. But the basis of season two is we're in a town called Winterhaven. We have defeated the evil that was on the keep of the Shadowfell, turned out to be an ancient god called Orcus, who is has a rod, I know, a rod that he uses to occasionally toss into the mortal world and cause havoc. People find it randomly, kind of like the One Ring, and it just ends up creating evil everywhere it goes. So we defeated the, the evil in the keep. We kept Orcus from coming into the world. There was a giant hand we defeated. And we went back to the town of Winterhaven as heroes and and slightly more experienced than we left. We had also bonded as a party, and some of that party ended up leaving for their own personal quests, and some stayed. I think that should give a pretty good explanation. But where we are currently in the game, we are in a town called Winterhaven. Again, this town thinks of us as heroes because we have defeated the evil on the keep. So we have a pretty good life right there. Um, We have our own house in the town. My character, who is a war priest and has an affinity to lightning and a lightning god, has her own shrine there set up for the lightning god. At this point, I have an acolyte at the shrine whose name is Jeff the Acolyte. And the other characters seem to have fit in quite well as well. We have Caesar, the old man who is lecherous and running around town with barmaids and any kind of ladies he can find, and uh, and causing trouble that way. And we have Thorn, who is our razor claw shifter, our wolf man, who likes to drink in the tavern and uh, and get people to buy him excessive amounts of alcohol. Mithrin is new to the party, but he seems to be fitting in pretty well, uh, entertaining people in the tavern with his music. And we all are on the way right now to the Minotaur City. The town of Winterhaven, where we are, has been attacked by drow, and they've devastated the town. They've burned down the tavern and uh, probably killed some of the people in it as well. And we fought some of the minions of the spider goddess Loth, who pretty much runs the drow that's their goddess of choice. One of the most impressive creatures that we've encountered, we call a Cosboid, but basically is a manifestation of the goddess Loth, where she almost possesses one of her minions and becomes this huge candle wax shape uh, and becomes very powerful. And she has attacked us and we've defeated her and taken brooches, uh, spider-shaped brooches from the various drow. This is also the place where we found a giant spider being ridden by a drow as his mount and managed to defeat the drow and take the spider who Thorne promptly named Fluffy. We subdued the spider through great feats of strength and entire several episodes and thorn has ridden the spider out into the woods and we chased him into the woods at a certain point where we encountered more drow and fought them after fighting the drow my character zanatari had one of them tied up against a tree and was interrogating him to determine what the purpose was in their attack and what they were after. He refused to talk and was rather insulting, and my character put one of these spider brooches in his mouth, and her god basically struck him with lightning and killed the guy by frying him with the metal in his mouth. And that place has become kind of a second shrine for my god and a holy place. The other three rode their mounts. Mithrin has a horse called Dagorok, and Dagorok is very intelligent. He seems to be above your average mount. He rides Dagorok into the into the field looking for several drow, and he and Thorn and Caesar manage to do a field charge of the drow and take the rest of them out. A dragon appears in the sky, which is completely unusual. We have not encountered an actual dragon, despite the fact that it's called Dungeons and & Dragons. And this dragon attacks the drow as well. Now, a side story is going on at this time, where we have some interesting time vortexes that are happening. There's a tower in town. We call it the Time Tower, but it's really a bakery. And this tower is a little like the TARDIS. People come in and out of this tower through various time periods. They're always one of our party member. And in this case, Eldrach, who was in the first season of Death to Fortis Honor, is actually riding the dragon. Future Caesar and Future Zanatari appear throughout town, and Future Mithran, and they help to put out some of the fires and to defeat the Drow while we are doing other things. Caesar actually encounters Future Caesar and Future Zanatari and learns a little bit about what's going on with this time period and is directed to go to the Minotaur City.
1: It is I... His chronicler, who alone can tell thee of his saga. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. The future, except you're here. Our present, yes, our, our, our present. Yeah. My future. Our present, yes. Yes, my, my future. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, good. You, you do have that innate sense of curiosity theory boy theory or the hypothesis are all of you from the same when the future or present
0: uh,
1: it's me i'm mithrid mithrid you know the guy who was with the sanatari and caesar and, and thorn i just want to know did any of you guys happen to see in the in the temple that lady that was in there
0: yeah the the, the dead priestess
1: no no the other what, one the one that we killed now oh, the other one.
0: Is it related to the hand of justice?
1: It's normally followed by the finger of stern warning. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Come on, let's go! Rod, my spider. I- I'm not impressed by that spider anymore. I've seen it all.
0: So our characters prepare to head to the Minotaur City, and it takes us several episodes just to get to this point. It's a little bit of a slow-moving story, but very funny because we have Zenitari and Thorn who interact very uh, interestingly. They're always making fun of each other, and they sort of have a very love-hate relationship, and I will play you some of those clips here.
1: Sweet rolls. I'm going to roll a favorite check to steal, Sweet Roll. <laughs>
0: Dirty. Sweet rolls. Sweet rolls. Yeah, I'm going to
1: consume the sweet roll while I keep running. Sweet rolls. Yeah, I'm going to consume the sweet roll while I
0: keep running. Dwight, I see so do you do I, I I I you're going uh. We also have Scissor and Mithrin, and Scissor and Mithrin have a lot of respect for each other. They seem to get along very well and have bonded a little bit in the party. So I recommend that, if you have not yet, to be open-minded and to check out a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. And, of course, I'm going to recommend my own, Death Before Dishonor. And you can find that at deathbeforedishonor.com. You can also find it on iTunes at Death Before Dishonor. We have a great time. Uh, Occasionally we live stream, but it's very funny. It's not dry. It's not like listening to an audiobook. This is, I think, Kind of live comedy in a lot of ways, and uh, we misbehave quite a lot. So if you're a serious Dungeons and Dragons player and you're looking for a serious RPG, um, I don't know that this is that. We we often derail the dungeon master and <laughs> end up joking and and having fun along with having a great story. So hopefully you'll check that out and listen to us there. Now I have a very special episode of Get the Girl from Skaggy the Poet. And it's been a couple weeks since we've had Skaggy on. And I think I know why now. He has created his own opera, which is <laughs> kind of, I would say kind of based on a on William Shakespeare in some ways, but gaming based. And he's come up with a lot of really fun lyrics and music and put himself out there to sing to you. So, in the spirit of Death Before Dishonor, which is our Glee&D podcast, I'm going to have for you the opera Get the Girl.
1: You join us here today for an extra special edition of Get the Girl, Kill the Baddies, and Save the Entire Planet. Today, the Grey Area podcast is proud to present... The premiere of the light opera Raid Boss, composed and written by Skaggy the Poet. Raid Boss tells the story of the young hero Donato and his quest to find and kill the evil Raid Boss, who murdered his best friend, Skaggyletto. Act One opens on the road to the Raid Boss's lair. Our hero Donato, armed to the teeth, prepares to find and fight the evil raid, boss. I've got swords broad, two-handed bastard and sharp. I've got so many weapons I've hired a cart. I've got potions, one scrolls and a crystal ball I've got an army of henchmen large and small I've got lasers, lightsabers and a thermal detonator a nuclear bomb so big it will leave a giant crater I've got a satellite in orbit with a mega defray, and I'm armed to my teeth which I've sharpened just in case I'm wearing leather, chain and late mail armor I can deploy force fields laser shields or even a protective llama I can call upon the power of a thousand f-stars as I ride up to battle in my armoured car. You see, I've made my will. And I've paid up all my bills. I've dusted my sideboard and my window sill, My affairs have been all left totally up to date. Including in instructions on how my funeral's to take place. So I'm ready for the fight. My weapons are at hand. As I seek the evil raid boss across the land. Well, to be honest, I'm feeling scared and quite low. And I wish my armour had a built-in commode. (laughs) So, with those brave words, there ends Act One of the light opera Raid Boss. Join us soon for Act Two. Hello there, and welcome to Act Two of Skaggy the Poets light opera Raid Boss. At the end of Act 1 saw our hero Donuto fully prepared for battle setting off to find and kill the evil Raid Boss. Act 2 sees the imaginatively titled Raid Boss having been brought news that the valiant Donutto is on his way to kill him do nothing more than sing about it. On the leering lurking la vicious lout, the cunning conniver with all the clout, the hideous horror of high horrendousness, the one, the only raid boss. My nails are cruel poisoned hooks. I can slay you with just one look, the worst of spells I can weave. Or so my publicity would have you believe. You see being thought of the worst raid boss there is was at first extremely hit and miss. Well, I started to use lies and publicity. Now everybody thinks I'm the worst raid boss they'll ever see. Why become the best by fighting when you could just end up dying. That's why I became the best by deceit. Not the easiest of sly feats. As I constantly have to lurk on internet forums. I lie about myself with decorum. Lurking behind a screen like Oz is how I reach the top it's not about how easily you kill adventurers but how easily people think you do ha ha I'm that an evil I'm so naughty that this last line doesn't even rhyme oh bugger it did but you get the idea so as the curtain falls on act two of the light opera Raid Boss, we're all left with one single question. Can you stomach a third part? It will be the last. Honest.
0: I'd also like to do a little begging here. If you're not interested in Dungeons & Dragons, this is fine with me. Uh, Either way, I... would love if you would go to iTunes and leave a review for the gray area podcast. I know I have a lot of you listening and that's amazing. And I thank you for that. But even if you don't want to write anything and you just want to go there, you can click on the stars. If you give it, you know, however many stars you want to, that will still show up. At this point, I think I only have one review one review there and it would be good because uh, eventually I'd like to get ranked in, you know, new and notable in iTunes and have other people be able to listen to and have a larger audience which will give me more options, hopefully, to have, you know, feedback and people giving me ideas, and also people suggesting games that they would like to have on here, the developers of those games. So if you would, go to iTunes, since you're probably downloading it through iTunes anyway, and click on a star or write a review, whatever you want to say. I'm not insisting that it's awesome, but it would be great to have a review. So if you would do that, I would appreciate it lots. This concludes my week away, and so next week we should resume with regular interviews And uh, I will see you next week with a new episode.